Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Healthy Balance Birth and Beyond podcast. Today, I have my friend Emily with us. Um, Emily and I connected a while ago. I don't even, I was trying to remember how we actually connected. I think it was via Instagram. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Emily works with mothers on mindfulness and meditation throughout their pregnancy, throughout their birth, throughout their postpartum period. She is a yoga teacher pre and postnatal. Um, and we connected and just talked about, birth and babies and motherhood and I just felt so drawn to her energy and her spirit and I was so excited to ask her to join us for the podcast because I feel like all of the information that she shares across her social media platforms is so important for moms um, throughout their pregnancy, throughout their birth, and also through postpartum and motherhood. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, Would you mind telling everybody about you and about what you do and how you got started? Absolutely. So um, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I... Well, so currently I am a pre and postnatal yoga teacher. I also work one-on-one with new and expecting moms to work on lots of different things. Some of them, it's just, you know, a lot of physical limitations and naturally, of course, there, there are deeper things that we touch upon, you know, with that. Um, Sometimes I work with um, moms to do birth experience coaching. I was a a doula in the past. And so I kind of worked that into our work together there. And I also do coaching with new moms or maybe they're no longer under the new mom category, but we do coaching in self-care and wellness and long-term habits so that they can really feel like themselves, like their best selves, maybe a newer, better version and can then model that for their children and their loved ones. Yeah, and I remember the first time that you and I met, you were just like asking me these open-ended questions that (laughs) got me really, really thinking. And like even after we left, I was just – I mean, we were – I think we stayed for longer than we thought we would when we were chatting um, just because the conversation was so free-flowing. And like I went home and I was reflecting on things about when I was pregnant and then – throughout my birth and then also like being a new mom. And so I think that the work that you're doing and all of the messages that you're putting out into the universe are so, so important because I honestly, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I feel like there's just such, there needs to be more support for mothers. Um, And it's not just because you have a new baby, a new tiny being that you're taking care of. You meet a new person when you give birth besides your baby like there's two people you meet yourself as a mother and you meet your new baby and a lot of people don't spend time talking about the part where you meet a whole new person because you become a mom and i 
love that you were talking about starting to implement new habits into your own life, um, ways that you can show up for yourself so you can show up better for others. Um, and I love that. And I think that work is so important and thank you for doing the work that you do (laughs) because moms need it. (laughs) They do need it. You know, that's how, that's really how I've come to learn that I got started and why I got started. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in a really tough family and there were a lot of things that I witnessed as a child and thought, Oh, you know, if I could only help, um, you know, my brother, you know, overcome, you know, his drug addiction, if I could only help my dad and his overwhelming crippling stress, you know, mm-hmm. and I but I could only help my mom and her fluctuating, um, habits, eating, you know, moods, um, just every, everything was so up and down and in flux growing up. And I thought that that was normal. Mm-hmm. I thought that everything was supposed to be a struggle. I thought that worrying about everything, like I thought that was life. And yeah. because I saw that as my, that was what was modeled to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I don't blame my parents. They were doing the very best that they could. I mean, they were amazing in so many ways. But as I grow up and I see the effects that we have on each other mm-hmm. and what so many adults are still left needing, yes, mm-hmm. um, I can't help but, you know, want to make a change, especially since I, I, you know, I've finally as an adult and in working with women in pregnancy, um, you know, and, and far beyond, I, and in with my own coaching, my own self-development, mm-hmm. Um, you know, really see more than ever the importance of a mom's self-care. Yeah. And like you mentioned, it's not because they have a newborn. I mean, if that were the only reason, that should be reason enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or on the flip side, if the only reason were for their own self-development, their own joy and happiness and fulfillment of their purpose on this earth in this lifetime, that itself should be a reason enough, you know, I find sometimes many times it takes both. It needs to be, you know, about someone else in order for a mom to say, okay, now I'm ready to do this. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing my habits. I'm seeing in my child and I'm now realizing Mm -hmm. that that's, that's how it transfers. What are you doing and what are you saying? Not what are you telling someone else to do? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so, but it's, I mean, and I say it's like, it's so easy, right? But it's so difficult. And that takes so much support, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I was just going to say for everyone who's not on the Zoom call right now, I'm literally just sitting here like nodding my head along to absolutely everything that Emily's saying, because it's so, so true. And I'm so glad that you opened up that portion of the conversation before we open up more, um, in this podcast episode, but I've spent so much time doing like internal work myself since becoming a mom. Like there's a stigma about therapy, but I've never seen anything wrong with therapy. Like therapy is so important. And then your therapist can talk about things that you may not realize, or you notice something like you said in your parenting or like that your child's doing that is from your own childhood, but it's being stemmed from how you were raised. And I think, like you said, sometimes people don't realize that they have this work to do until you have a child. And it's even more important when you do have children, because like you said, you grew up 
feeling like you constantly had to worry about things. Like everyone's story is different. Everyone has different pieces from how they were raised. And it's up to us as parents now to either break that cycle or it's going to continue. And so I'm so glad that you said that because I feel like touching on that piece and hearing having people hear you say that might like make something click in their brain like, oh, you know what? Maybe I really do need to slow down and figure out why this triggers me, figure out why this bothers me, figure out ways that I can change the way that I'm behaving in order to like be a better role model for your child and change things. Um, So thank you for saying that. Oh my goodness. It's so refreshing to hear. Good. I'm glad. Um, You said something that reminded me, um, you know, I think that it's really important to, you know, in my classes a lot of the time, because, you know, one of the whole points of, of, of yoga as I've seen it and I've experienced it and I've taught it is to help us find the parallels in between our practice, how we relate to our bodies and our breath and how we move on the mat to scenarios that we will encounter or have encountered mm-hmm. or are working through currently in life. And I, one of the things I often say um, is you know, don't wait until it's an emergency. Like don't wait until you're so taxed that you can barely breathe in order to start deep breathing. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of the things. And of course that carries to pregnancy and life and beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, you, you have to get yourself there. Like you have to choose yourself first in order to get there. And I think that, you know, you mentioned moms needing more support and I, and I wholeheartedly agree I think a big step in that though is mom saying, yes, I'm worth it. And look at all of these, look at all of these resources that my yoga teacher has on her website or my birth doula has, you know, referred to me or that I see posting everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say yes, because the resources, they're all there. There are plenty there. Maybe they don't show up in the way that you want or the cost is not what you want, but what, what are you, um, seeking out and what do you believe that you are worth to receive? And Mm -hmm. that's, that's a whole other conversation too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I remember when you and I were just having a conversation even prior to now talking about that and talking about like realizing, Hey, I'm worth it. Hey, I need to hold myself accountable and make this happen because I think at the end of the day, it's like nobody else can do it, but you. And I think There's a lot of that in our society where it's like you can choose to stay within the story that you were raised in or stay within that negative mindset and not do anything. Or you can say, hey, it's up to me. Here are these resources that I have. I am worth it. Like, let's do this. And sometimes, like you said, yes, easier said than done. Sometimes you need more help. But a lot of the time, like we can do that. It's just, it's like you, it's the limiting belief mindset, like believing that you don't deserve that or that you can't do something. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up too, because like you said, and I think probably shows up in your work all the time, like people just need someone to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I would love to start talking about yoga and yeah. how maybe how you got into yoga. And again, we can even talk about like the limiting beliefs when it comes to yoga. I've had, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a yoga teacher trainer. I mean, 
I am a yoga teacher as well, and I'm not in prenatal or postnatal yoga, just regular yoga. And I remember so many people have said, well, I'm not, I'm not flexible or I don't like stretching or yoga, yoga is not a workout. And I think that there are a lot of stigmas that surround yoga. And so I'd love to dive into talking about that and kind of breaking up some of these stigmas and myths about yoga. Yeah. Well, so I'll start by telling you how I got started. Um, you know, I, I, had heard about yoga, um, you know, had heard, heard mixed things about it coming from all of these different places, you know, all of the different religions represented by my family and, and all of the different views. Right. So I kind of pushed it to the back burner and thought, okay, well, I just, you know, this is whatever, something that kind of came in one ear and out the other. Um, and then it kept kind of showing up and a, and a, a college friend of mine, um, I ran into her at a gym that I attended you know, in my twenties and, and she said, Hey, you know, do you want to come to this yoga class with me? And I thought, I I'm thinking to myself, I like to get on my little elliptical machine and stay by myself, my headphones in and just do my thing and get out. Um, but she had said that, you know, she was experiencing a lot of anxiety and this was something that she wanted to try. So this was her first class. She was going great. I didn't really see her or hear about it. And then several years, I think down the road, I was online and I don't know if I was looking for it. I don't think I was a page popped up, try free yoga, um, here. And it was a studio in central square, Cambridge, Prana power yoga. Mm -hmm. And so I clicked and I thought something, something told me to try this. Um, so I clicked and I sent a message saying, um, you know, introducing myself and asking for more information. And who responded back was that friend who had invited me <laughs> to the yoga class. That's so funny. So I was just like, what are you doing responding back to me? You know, and she said, well, you know, I manage one of the locations and I also teach. And that blew my mind because the ability to teach yoga, I mean, I didn't know, I had no idea what went into it. And I think that was the whole point. Like who knows enough to, to teach it and I knew she hadn't been doing it for that long. Like, how are you teaching this? You know, so that just really, I was so impressed. I was so um, intrigued and she connected me to someone who um, ended up setting me up in their system, their volunteer system. So I would work the desk and prepare the room and take yoga for free. And I absolutely fell in love with it Mm -hmm. that I signed up for as many shifts as I could so that I could get my yoga. Just to do you more yoga. And (laughs) It was, it was amazing. And it it was, the style was, um, heated power flow. So power Mm -hmm. vinyasa yoga. And it just so happened. I think I started at the end of fall. So it was like everything aligned perfectly for me to really enjoy it. And I was a lot younger. And so it was, I I was, I just, it was so amazing. And it felt, you know, I think the thing that surprised me the most, one was that it was so difficult, but I don't really, I don't even think, I don't even really remember like a strong, um, memory of that. What I remember is after my first class, I was dripping sweat. I didn't realize I could sweat that much. (laughs) I was dripping sweat. I turned to the, to the girl next to me who had trained me at the desk that night. And she, and I don't know what my face looked like because I was just totally blissed out. And she was like, did you like it? And I was like, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
I had no idea it could feel that good. And in a way that wasn't just like a physical workout. And we all know how great, like how the endorphins can flow when we work out, right? Everyone has at least heard that if they've experienced it or not. Right. But this was so far beyond that. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. And it's funny. And so I was hooked. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's funny because I feel like I've heard that story so many times and it's so similar to my own. Like I remember I did yoga in high school with my mom. Like we went and we did yoga and we did a few classes and it was also heated yoga, but it was before I went to college and then I kind of fell off a little bit. And then I started going back. Gosh, I don't even know how many years ago it was now, like five years ago. And I did the same exact thing. I found a heated class and it was on Tuesday nights, literally like at this time. And like you said, like I did not realize I could sweat sweat that much from yoga and it felt so good. And I got hooked same way. Didn't like, did not miss it. Like was just in it every single time. And I think that's the thing is that people, people get intimidated. Like they think you have to be super, super flexible in order to do yoga. And they don't realize like all of the other pieces that go into it. They don't realize that you use your mind. They don't realize that you use your breathing. They don't realize how, how in tune with your body you are, um, in comparison to other workouts. You know, I think it's interesting first that people, their first reaction or many people's first reaction is what they don't have and why they can't do it. Yeah. And that goes back to the whole scarcity mindset and, mm-hmm. you know, that just shows up everywhere. Um, and I I would also say is yoga is one way of how you get flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard people refer to, you know, you, you could say to someone, well, I don't go to the gym because I'm not strong enough. I mean, that's why you're, you're going right. Right. Like how are you going to get there? And so, um, I think you're right. I think it's easy to be intimidated by something new in general. Um, but you know, yoga is about so much more than that. And I think that we as a society and even just as adults, can ask ourselves to look past just that surface, shallow surface level of, I, I mean, I'm sure I said it too, but like, if you stop, like, I'm not flexible enough, I'm not going to go and get this amazing, like, body, mind, spirit, you know, transformational experience, because I'm not flexible enough, mm-hmm. flexible enough for who, like, who are you trying to cater to? Right. And then that circles back, right? Like, right. we don't think that we're enough. For who exactly? We don't even know. Mm-hmm. We d- I know, and it's so true. But I think I think it, like you said, it's so important to talk about these things and open up about these things and and think about it from this like a logical standpoint. Like, okay, you feel like you are not flexible enough to do this. This right. is an exercise that is not only good for your body, but it's good for your mind. And if you continue to practice it, you will get flexible. So. Yep. It's, I think it's just getting over that hurdle and getting people to realize you can do this. You just have to decide that you want to try. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would love to hop into some discussion about prenatal yoga um, and talking about why it's so important, some of the benefits for mothers, and then how it can help in your daily life, but also during labor. Yes. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I got into, I got, became interested in prenatal yoga because 
it was kind of a, a little bit of a roundabout story. I knew as a child I wanted to be a doctor. So okay. I went to BU specifically for their um, pre-med program. But I started to notice along the way that that didn't feel like it was in alignment. The more I learned about the pieces on my path, the more I, I kind of switched because I realized, oh, that's not what I thought it was. That's not in alignment with what I want to do. Then at some point, I switched to psychology and did a a report on, I don't know why, I don't remember exactly what the assignment was, but my topic was hospital ver birth versus home birth. I didn't really know about either, but somehow it interests me. So, you know, I kind of went down the path of getting more and more interested in um, motherhood and pregnancy and just the importance of that relationship that is fostered already. And even before that, you know, we know that, you know, there's lots that's passed down generationally, not just physical traits. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so then when I, you know, fast forward, when I decided to do my teacher training, I completed that and immediately was seeking out prenatal specific trainings once I knew that that was even a thing. Mm hmm. Um, it just felt right. And then from there, you know, I, I learned about doulas and kind of went just continued down the path. But um, prenatal yoga, I mean, as you can imagine, everything that we've already spoke about is so invaluable. And that and that goes into, you know, the whole all of the changes as you become a mother. Yeah. But early on in um, in pregnancy, I mean, what your what's your baby steeping in like they're right? Like you're giving your baby this home. What is that like? Mm -hmm. What, what is your mindset? Like, what is your stress level? Like, you know, what, what are your beliefs about yourself? You know, how are you breathing? How are you moving? How do you relate to yourself? All of these things are addressed in prenatal yoga. I suppose I should speak for myself for my class because I don't know how everyone else teaches. That's not a standard. Mm -hmm. That's my standard. It's right. how I teach. Um, you know, so, so you have all of these kind of these inner um, qualities and skills that you're developing and uncovering. And then, of course, you know, the pregnancy discomforts, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, joints and muscles and mental strength and physical strength, um, the tension that comes with the joints being looser from hormones, like there's all this back and forth and not understanding all of the changes that your physical body are going through and your emotional self are going through. And so it helps, you know, with the physical discomfort, it helps keep you strong. It helps keep you flexible. It helps you build your body awareness, which is amazing for anyone. But then when you are working with your body through labor to give birth to your baby, you have to know yourself. Like you have to know when mm -hmm. I press here, am I going to do this? You know, when I turn here, I can access this. You know how many times I've heard labor and delivery nurses say, you know, oh, like you, you already know how to push to any clients that I've been, um, you know, working with the doula for, yeah. or after the fact, they tell me, you know, because so many people, they don't know, they can't relate to their bodies and they don't know how to push, mm -hmm. you know, or they don't know. And I mean, not to say that anyone who does yoga is going to push, like it's, it's something you've never really done. You right. Know? <laughs> um, so it's okay. But and then, then there's the fostering the community of other new moms. A lot of new moms don't understand how important that is until they get to the point where none of their friends can relate to them anymore because none of them are, are new parents, you know? And, and so, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of creating those new connections 
that are more in alignment with their new role mm-hmm. um, and help them move forward in every way. Yeah. I think um, breathing, oh, breathing in yoga, you know, how do you, we don't really know how we breathe until we're focusing on it mm-hmm. and realizing that we're barely breathing. Right. And I think it's, so. I think it's important to mention too, like, it's yoga is important in general, like for anybody. It can benefit everybody from toddlers to children, school age, middle schoolers, teenagers, adults, the elderly, everybody. It can impact everyone in such a positive way. And then especially, like you said, when you are growing and carrying a child, I don't think that people always realize like how the way that you are as a mother and what you experience while you're pregnant can impact your baby. And they, they can literally feel your stress. They can feel everything. And so I'm glad that you touched on that because I think it's something for not only people who are planning to become pregnant or who are already pregnant, but people who know anybody who's pregnant, like being mindful of the way that you're talking to somebody or if you see that they're stressed out, like just opening up a conversation, seeing how you can help them or just being like, hey, you need a break, you know, and then you talk about how yoga is kind of viewed as not really a workout, it's just viewed as stretching. Like there are so many yoga poses that you need to build strength for and your yep. muscles, you use muscles that you don't even know that you had when you, when you do yoga and I've heard so many like people who just started doing yoga, they were like, "Oh, I didn't even know that I could feel like I didn't know I had a muscle there," <laughs> because they've ne- they didn't use it very often. And then they start using it and utilizing it and building it and strengthening it. And I think that that's important in general, but specifically when you're pregnant. And also, like you said, when when you did your yoga teacher training, and then you immediately were going to do your prenatal yoga teacher training, because I think that is super important too, is to know that when you are pregnant and you are going to go do yoga, that you need to make sure that you are working with somebody who knows the difference between, between like vinyasa yoga. And then also like all of the modifications that you need for prenatal yoga and also for postpartum. Um, because there are certain moves that you can't do when you have a big belly or you shouldn't do and certain breathing techniques too. Um, so I love that you shared that. I love that you talked about all of that because again, this is, this can be applicable to everybody, but especially moms. And then like you said too, it's, it's interesting. I've heard many people talking about how when they went to push, they had no idea. Like they didn't know because they weren't super in tune with their, with their bodies. And I think that for me, at least when I did my yoga teacher training, I, I'd been pushing it off for a bit. Like I knew I wanted to do it, but I was pushing it off for a bit. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And yoga teacher training for me was literally like eye opening, heart opening, like rip my soul open. And it was incredible and amazing. And it made me learn so much about myself. And so that's the training itself. And like, then once you start doing yoga, you're, you, you learn so much about yourself when you really immen- like immerse yourself in that practice, especially as a pregnant woman, especially as a new mom. 
Um, and I think that it's important to talk about those things. Absolutely. And I will say too, you mentioned, you know, stress as a, a pregnant woman, all of that, in addition to the fact that stress and anxiety has a real impact on how labor goes. Mm-hmm. When you're stressed out, you think your body's going to relax and open? Mm-hmm. Of course not. It's going to tense up and tighten and mm-hmm. close off. Yep. You know? And I remember... And so it just has such a huge impact on the entire journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you saying that just made me think of... I don't remember who said it. It might have been Ina Mae Gaskin, but she was talking about how your breathing impacts your body opening up, impacts your cervix Mm -hmm. opening up. And she was talking about like the sphincters and talking about how the way that you open your mouth, the way that you breathe can literally open or close all of your sphincters. And in turn, you either are going to open and dilate and bring your baby down or it's just going to be stressful. And I don't think people realize how much their breathing impacts that. Um, And so I think a huge benefit of yoga and prenatal yoga specifically is the breathing for when you are in labor, especially if you are a first time mom and you don't know what it's going to feel like. If you are able to keep control of your breathing and your breath, it's going to make the biggest difference. Um, I absolutely agree. And this is like one of the, I feel like there's, there are times I go through phases when I teach prenatal, some phases I will specifically mention how, uh, what we do during class and then with our breathing, how that's going to impact breathing and labor. And sometimes I just leave it be and let all of the lessons kind of show up on their own. Kind of like a, like a, um, I was thinking about Karate Kid and how like Miyagi's, um, his way of teaching is kind of like, well, what am I going to learn from this? Like, when am I going to learn the real stuff? And you're learning it the entire time. Yes. And so true. And that's how I feel about my prenatal yoga classes. And, you know, oftentimes women don't realize all that they learn from class until after they've had their baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And it's so true. I mean, I feel like we're just sitting having this conversation and we're just opening up all of these different layers, but these layers are so important. And yeah. it is true. Like sometimes you need to just let it be. And then people will come to you and they'll be like, you know what? I realized this. And you're like, that's what I was trying like, to teach I you. But, exactly. I, but I wasn't saying it. <laughs> right. Right. And the other thing I wanted to mention too, when you were talking about breath is, you know, in order for you to have the ability to, to really lean on the new breath skills, you have to have created a new habit with how you breathe. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I am a big proponent of women coming as early as possible to prenatal yoga. Mm-hmm. Even if um, they still, ha- even if they've been practicing yoga and they have a regular, consistent yoga practice in their quote, regular classes, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole other big question that I get: When can I? When can I? All of that. And we can talk about it if we have time or if you want to. But yeah. Um, 
even if they're doing their other classes, still, I encourage them to come to prenatal yoga alongside those classes, because then they're still building the community. They're getting to know what modifications, they're getting to know what breath is, is great for them to learn. They're getting to know the, not what poses should I not do now in my regular classes, but what poses can I and should I do in my prenatal yoga practice, mm-hmm. right? Again, coming back to the abundance versus scarcity, not what can I do? What should I refrain from doing? What can I do and what should I be doing to best set myself up here for labor? Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that you said that because like we've talked about throughout this episode multiple times, it's like we, so many people just have these limiting beliefs about themselves instead of thinking about, okay, I might not know how to do this, but doesn't mean I can't learn how to do it. So it's just, again, shifting that mindset and your baby will feel that too. Your baby will feel if you are starting to be, I mean, starting to believe in yourself, starting to realize that you are able to do it. You just have to figure out how, you know? And I would love- And ask for the support. If you don't know how, fine. There's someone who can help you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too, is that I think there's just also like this intimidation portion that we talked about where people are like, people are kind of like afraid to ask questions. Like they're afraid to like sound uneducated on a topic. Um, So I do think that I would love to hear you talk about like when you should start prenatal yoga or even when you should do postpartum yoga. Like all, there's no, I always like to say like there's no right time to start. Like when people are talking about, oh, it's going to be a new year and I'm going to start doing this or that or X, Y, and Z. You can literally start any day. Right. Unless you want it to be then, then whatever. It doesn't have to be January right. 1st in order to start a new habit for yourself. Yeah. Like why wait, right? Yeah. Um, so in or like I mentioned, I love when people start as early as possible because then they're getting all of the benefits for longer, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. They're getting – and why that's so important is like I mentioned, they're building the skills. They're not like – you know, having to cram for a test when it comes to labor because they took that one prenatal class just because their back hurt when they were, you know, 38 weeks pregnant. Like that's yes. not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Starting early and being consistent because with anything, the consistency is important, right? Even if you have never done yoga before, which is so common in pregnancy because you know, prenatal yoga is one of the things that's safe to begin in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will come to prenatal yoga and having never done yoga before. But building that skill um, and being consistent with it is so important for their mental health, for their physical health, everything we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So, and then going as far as when they're in labor, if they're in early labor and they feel like they're, you know, not going to have a, a, a quick two-hour labor, yeah. not that they would really know, but like generally, I mean, I've had several women in my class because they were in early labor, they'd been coming regularly, they knew it was a safe space. They knew it was the best place for them to be moving gently, as gently as they needed to be on their mat, Mm -hmm. you know, as labor started to progress. So as, as far into things as they can until basically until they have their baby. Right. Um, And then postpartum yoga that, you know, we have this, this general standard of, um, you know, most women waiting until after four ish weeks, um, 
if they've had a vaginal birth and generally after six weeks, if they've had a cesarean. Mm -hmm. And of course, like everything else in life, that depends on how things went, how their body's recovering, how mm -hmm. they're feeling, all of that, right? Yeah. Um, I've had, you know, I've had moms come back to my class, um, you know, two weeks in because, yeah. you know, she knew her body and she said, I'm going to certainly modify and listen to my body like I have been, but I'm, I'm feeling great and I want to be here. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you know your body, you're not going to push yourself and you know what's important, right? You can prioritize yourself. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I've had people hop back in and say, hey, um, I'm eight months postpartum and I'm finally like feeling like I'm ready to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that needs to happen and I'm ready to take the leap and they reach out to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and oftentimes that there's more going on and we do one-on-one -on -one work. But um, it really just depends. It depends on you trusting yourself. How's your body feeling? How's your recovery going? What is your doctor saying? You know, you listen to that too, but you also have to take responsibility and what do you feel, you mm -hmm. know, so let it be the right mix. Yeah. Um, it needs to be individualized. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no one is the same. No one's experience is the same. Right. So, and that's one of, you know, what that, that it all comes back to that is, being able to trust yourself because there's no standard that's going to tell you what you need. Mm -hmm. You have to look inward and, and hone those skills again of what do I feel, you know, deeper? What, what do I feel when I'm moving my body? Going back to body awareness and just awareness of self, your emotions, like getting to know yourself deeply. Yes. That's really what it is. Yeah. And I was just, I was just going to say, I would love for us to talk about like the mindfulness portion of yoga, but I feel like we've touched on it so much throughout our conversation because in general, when you are more mindful of your body and the way that you're moving and the way that you're breathing, it impacts your life so much on a day-to-day -day basis. And we talk about simple things like, uh, like unclenching your jaw and mm -hmm. taking a deep breath through your nose and exhaling it all out. We talk about those things in yoga and these little things that you can do throughout the day, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you just need a minute, um, I mean, that's important specifically for anybody who started to, to do yoga. But then I think back on when I was in labor and me being a first time mom, I obviously didn't know what to expect. And I truly, truly think that I would have had a completely different labor had I not taken yoga had I not spent years working on my breath and my breathing because there were absolutely times within my labor where I started like my breath was speeding up and it was too fast and my doula was like let's let's get back to that breathing that you had let's get back to that and it's such a I mean we spend so much time talking about how it's literally it's like a mind game like you have these beliefs and you either believe that you can do something or you're holding yourself back or you need somebody to be like, you can do these. You need somebody like cheering you on in the background. But yeah. if you're spending this time ahead of time, just preparing yourself, preparing your body, getting, getting to know your body, getting to know yourself even more. I just think that it all is so intertwined with each other and it's so important specifically for moms before you bring your baby into the world and once they're here too. I agree. I, I want to mention though, when you were saying that, it reminded me, uh, like I know people hearing 
you mentioned, you know, doing yoga for years and me mentioning come as early as you can. I don't want anyone to think, well, I haven't, I haven't come as early as, you know, the very beginning of my, of my pregnancy, or I haven't been doing yoga for years. I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. There's like jump in at any time, like when you're ready, get Mm -hmm. in there. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's better than not much better than not. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. And that's also, it reminds me when you said that, um, I've had people reach out to me who are like 37 weeks pregnant who were like, Hey, I need some help in regards to like anything for my birth. And they were like, is it too late? And I was like, no, it's never, it's never too late. We can set you up. We can go over these things. You can learn these things. You can start implementing them. It's never too late. So I'm glad that you said that because it is important. It is important to say because, again, we want to we want to move away from people feeling like they can't do something and we want people to feel like they can do something, that they are empowered yes. to take action. And realize, I mean, and move away from waiting till the end if yeah. possible. Like realizing in the beginning, like, I am worth it. I'm going to set myself up, you know, rather than like going back and forth and struggling with themselves and trying to maybe convince their partner, you know, and, and then at the end, finally making the choice. And then while it's doable to prepare, um, you've made it harder on yourself too. Right. And that's unnecessary. And we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to avoid that in general, but especially when you're about to welcome a new baby. Absolutely. Um, so you have had some pretty incredible offerings that you started sharing with everybody. And I would love for you to tell everybody about them so people know um, about what you have and how you help people. So I have prepared something special for your listeners. Ooh. Um, yes. So I'm going to offer – so I've, I'm offering two things, whether – because I know you have listeners who are both – prenatal Mm -hmm. and postpartum. Yes. And so I'll give you the link in a second and I know you'll put it in the show notes, Mm -hmm. but, um, I will give everyone a, whether they're, if they're prenatal, they'll get a prenatal, a short guided meditation of mine. And if they're postpartum, they'll get a short postpartum guided meditation of mine. And then there'll be another, another, um, gift that comes after that. Um, so Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Yes. You're <laughs> welcome. So, and so that way they'll get kind of a taste of my style and my offerings. Um, but then my, my main offerings now, and right now, obviously they're all virtual and right. they're, they're going to continue. These virtual offerings are going to continue because, you know, regardless of what's going on in the world, having, um, things on demand, having things at their fingertips mm-hmm. is so much more helpful yes. for many new moms. Absolutely. Um, so I have two memberships. One is for prenatal, actually three. One is was, is down the road. One is prenatal. One is post postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, these are memberships that are all online. They're on demand um, to help new and expecting expecting moms be consistent with their practice and have it at their fingertips for whatever hour of the night, whatever, however often they want, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can also, you know, book one-on-one work with me. I have a, like I mentioned, I have a birth experience design coaching package, which allows me to do in-depth preparation. A lot of the preparation that we talked about here um, tonight, but also 
logistical preparation like birth planning and things to consider and postpartum planning and all of those things. So we kind of get into the the mental and the emotional um, and even spiritual pieces of what goes, what really goes into planning for a successful birth, right? Yes. And what some of the blockages are as well. Yeah. And then um, coaching for new moms or even they're not new anymore, but they are striving to really reestablish or establish new self-care habits. Um, I have clients that, you know, they're working to establish a, some kind of spiritual out, spirituality, which I help them with. And just really helping them be the very best that they can be so that they feel amazing and they feel like they are fulfilling their passions and their purpose here. And they're able to model that and be the best, you know, parent they can be. Yeah. I love that. I love just even like listening to you talk about your offerings because it's just... (laughs) Because they're so important and it just sounds so incredible. So thank you so much for creating that those little um, discounts for the listeners in this episode and for sharing that with us. Um, and honestly, just for this beautiful conversation, I feel like I think this is something you and I have said every time we could just sit and we could talk for hours about everything. And I think it's so true because – We're talking about things that we feel super passionate about and that are important and that I'm hoping that everyone who's listening along will either listen and know somebody that they think could benefit from this conversation or this conversation opens their eyes up to, hey, you know what, I've been telling myself this story about myself and now I can change that. And I realize I can change that. And here are these resources that I have at my fingertips. And we're going to include everything in the show notes. Like you said, all the (laughs) links, everything is going to be there. Um, But I wanted to see if there were any last pieces of advice or final words that you'd like to list, leave listeners with today. Yes, there are. Often in my classes, especially especially in prenatal, I will remind everyone that, and in that case, it's specific to maybe a posture, that they have all of the control. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can feel really overwhelming and that can even upset them because we kind of just want someone else to tell us what to do. And often that's because then if it goes wrong, we have someone else to blame. And I would encourage everyone to instead recognize that when we have all of the freedom and control, that's much more a much more empowering place, right? It can be overwhelming. It can be a lot of responsibility and it can be the most empowering. Mm-hmm. So let's trust that it can be empowering because that's what we need. I love that. I love that so much. And I think... I think you're so right. I think that I don't know why it's like our world is the way that it is in regards to like putting blame on somebody else rather than taking responsibility. But at the end of the day, it's like it's up to you. It is up to you. You have control over certain things. There are like certain things you cannot control outside of that. But the majority of the things in your life you can control. And so like you said, realizing that, acknowledging that figuring out ways you can change behaviors or change your responses to things and starting to implement new language into your life, new practices into your life, um, and just 
shifting, shifting your mindset, shifting that to a place of abundance and believing in yourself and believing that you're worth it. Um, I am just, I'm really, really thankful for this conversation and the way that you've framed things to people and the reminders that you've given throughout this episode where you're telling people that there's, there's no, there's nowhere that you can't start. Like you can always start and it's up to you and you can do it. And here, here's an incredible person who can help you do it. (laughs) Come see me. Yes. (laughs) Go see Emily. Right. Um, but can you share where people can find you on social media, um, if they wanted to reach out to you? Yes. So my, my website is emilymassnoon.com. Um, and my Instagram is at emilymassnoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Facebook, um, as well at emilymassnoon. So lots of places to find me. And of course, it's all linked on my website. So awesome. And like I said, we'll include everything in the show notes. Um, but Emily, thank you so, so much for joining us. I really, really love this conversation so much. And I'm super excited to share it with everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Of course. Well, thank you guys so, so much for joining us for this episode um, this week. If you have any questions for myself or for Emily, please feel free to reach out. Um, And like we also said throughout this episode, if you feel like anybody would benefit from listening to this episode, please share. Um, Please tag us. Share it across your social media platforms. Um, We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week. Bye.